Welcome, everybody, to another week of Men Will Be Men. I'm Dylan. I'm Robbie. And welcome to another week. You know, um, tonight might be a little bit different than what we usually do. Um, you know, it's been kind of a hard week for, I think, both of us. Uh, so it might be a little shorter tonight, but we don't know. We might get in some bullshit and might talk for hours. But we might get in some bullshit. Might get in some bullshit, but you know, I think we might get into some horse shit. You never know. Yeah. So we we did this last time. You know, we didn't do it last week. It was it was just kind of one of those weeks. I had full book survey. It was, and it, it was didn't. Cr- it just didn't work out for either of us, yeah. which was kind of cool. It was kind of okay. Yeah, it was okay. But the topic for this, we will get into it in a little bit. But um, you know, the the last time we did this, uh, you brought on a check in. Yeah. So Robbie, how you doing? Man, I'm tired. I'm tired. Uh, got off work last night. Got off a little late. Um, some shit went down, and uh, I wound up having to do uh, back of house and front of house clothes. Um, which really wasn't that bad. I had a couple of our regulars that are quote unquote employees uh, that helped me out. Um, and then I got home. I got home around five, and my typical. Uh, my typical post-work decompression is sit on the couch and count my money and watch an episode or two of whatever show I'm binging at that point. Mm-hmm. And then it was like somehow, some way, a few episodes of the Dick Van Dyke show that I had never seen before. I thought I'd seen all of them. And the next thing I know, it's like 7.30 and she's getting up and getting ready to go to class and I'm just like, well, I'm up, you know? Right. And I really should have tried to get a couple hours, but um, Sunday night was fucking stressful. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Uh, Monday was slow and yesterday there was some stress at the end of it. So it's, it's been a long three days. Uh. And we didn't do this last week, but uh, I worked St. Patty's Day, and that was pretty fucking awesome. So the last couple of days have been stressful, and I'm today I'm just tired. So if it sounds like I'm talking slow or thinking slow, it's just because I have not slept. I think I got like two hours on the couch before you showed up, something like that. So after this, when I when I like hit the stop recording button, going right to bed, to bed. right to bed. Good, good, <laughs> good. Other than that. Like mentally, I'm I'm fine. My, just physically, I'm tired. Yeah. Um. How about you, man? How are you? Where are you? Uh. I am good. I'm kind of in a weird place right now because for the past six months we've been prepping for this full book survey, and we finally had it last week, which was three days of just balls to the wall, just finally doing what we've been prepping for for months on end, and we had a phenomenal outcome. We had a deficiency free survey. It was amazing. My team did amazing. Yeah, you were pretty like like 90 but what would you say your score was something like that? 0. We had a 0 oh, deficiency yeah, yeah. Okay. free. So I mean that means we as a nursing home did not have any deficiencies for basically the survey period which was basically a year. But they look at certain times of the year and they looked at like employee files, they looked at nursing, like how we were operating and we did very well. Yeah. And so that's a, such a huge accomplishment. But this week, man, I have had just like this come down, basically. I don't have really any 
motivation to do very much at work. You seemed off a little bit when I've seen you at the bar. It's kind of like I don't know what to do with my hands kind of thing. Like, I get to work, and I'm like, okay, well, now what do I do? And I know I have things I need to do, but it's do I have the energy or the mental capacity to do it right now? And I really could tell you right now I don't because, like, I sit at my computer, and I'm like, okay, I need to get started on this, but if I get started on it, I'm not going to finish it right now because it's just – it's a lot. And so I'm trying to get through this week. And so next week I'll I'll be back, I feel like, ready to go. But this week I've just been so, like, fatigued mentally for work um, that I just haven't – I haven't felt like myself, honestly. Uh, honestly, you haven't seemed like yourself. I, I've felt weird. Yeah. But it's it's been so much for the past six months. And so, like, I'm just trying to get back to some even keel. Last night was the first time I got more than probably four hours of sleep. I mean, I was in bed by 1030, and by 11 I was out, and I didn't wake up until 7, which was... I bet that was nice. And I didn't drink at all, which was like, holy cow. So I woke up this morning, I felt refreshed. But then I got to the office, and I was like, man, I still don't fully feel ready yet. And so I'm I'm really trying to get to Friday, which is a show which I'm really preparing for, which is is a little bit stressful, but at the same time not because I enjoy right. playing. But it's it's been a little bit of a weird week for me, uh, but I'm I'm good. I feel good. I've, I've had some really good like outcomes and stuff, so I'm okay. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I feel that. So um. So we're we're I, we're both a little more subdued than we usually are. <laughs> I feel like our energy level is a little bit low tonight, and you know we we had this conversation before we started. Like, do we like do we do this? Do yeah. we not? And you know we made a commitment to this podcast to really, even when we weren't feeling for hundred percent, we were going to do yeah. it because it matters. It matters yeah. that much. So. We're gonna dive right in to the topic with this week, and you know we had we had talked about one for a little while, and I threw a curveball at you today. I said, you know, let's talk about this. When you what was the original topic? Let's let's say that first. The thing when, we were originally gonna t- talk about when you had no motivate, like when you were, what was the things that kept you moving forward? I yeah. think was what we talked about. I think oh that might have been like last no, week. That was last that last was, week was motivation, but yours was more like. How do you go on when you just don't feel like you yeah, can? Yeah, exactly. No. And I think we're, we're still going to touch on that for sure and then probably touch on it tonight. But, you know, I've had it on my heart a little bit recently. Um, you know, I have had some friends struggle with it and with some mental health issues recently. And I was like, okay, I think this is a good, good time to talk about it. I said, when you were at your lowest, what brought you out of it and helped you keep moving forward? So, you know, we're probably going to get a little bit personal tonight. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I feel like because it's my topic that I brought up, I feel like I got to start. Yeah, man. Um, Yeah, I got the last. I started. I I had the last two topics. You got this one. Okay. (laughs) So to go back to my lowest point, um, there's been a couple, but I I think I go back to the one that mattered the most. Um, You know, I played baseball for a long freaking time 19 20 years and 
I defined myself as a baseball player for so long. And the summer after my sophomore year is when I blew my elbow out. Mm-hmm. And again, I defined myself as a baseball player for so long. I didn't know what to do with myself. And I had to have Tommy John surgery. And I was really at a point in my life that I just didn't know who I was anymore. And so I had some, I had some uh, complications during my surgery lost feeling in three of my fingers. I went into anaphylactic shock because we didn't know I was allergic to penicillin. Um, so I went into full anaphylactic shock, had to have the full EpiPen, like everything. Um, so I went home, and the way that they were trying to get the feeling back in my fingers was through a mass dose of steroids. Like I gained 15 pounds within a week just just eating. I was angry. I was frustrated. And the come down from that was really rough as well. And my girlfriend at the time, my ex-wife, she was there. She was there for about a week or so after, and she went home. And I was sitting at home, and I just was miserable. I didn't feel like myself. I felt angry all the time. I was irritated. I was in pain because they they thought that I was initially allergic to hydrocodone. So I couldn't have anything more than Tylenol-3 for pain. So it was awful. Mm -hmm. Couldn't sleep. Couldn't eat, couldn't shit for a little while too. That was really a problem too. Super constipated. I bet that it was awful. That's painful. It was awful. So I finally had a day where I was just, I was just so down, so frustrated with my life. And, um, you know, I had a bottle of pills in front of me. And I remember being in my guest bathroom because I wasn't sleeping upstairs in my room at the time. And I remember being in the guest bathroom and I just remember pulling out all of them I crushed them up and had them right there and I was like I'm gonna snort every single one of these and literally was on my way down to do it like I was I was there I was like I'm not gonna wake up from this and all of a sudden the door burst open and my parents dog is right there and he literally just like jumped up on me started like licking me all over and it kind of it brought me out of it that's where I was pulled out of that moment. I still was in a low spot, but it kind of like snapped me out of where I was at. Um, I remember sitting on the floor. My parents were gone. Like nobody was home. So like I just sat there on the floor with the dog for like an hour. He did not leave. He did not move. And, um, you know, that was at my lowest where I was at. And I, uh, I remember just sitting there and going, what do I do now? I have no more Tylenol three anymore. There was a little, there was some, there was some other stuff in there too. But um, I was like, well, what do I do now? And I remember just having to say, like, okay, we're gonna go through the day and see how it goes and whatever. I like took all of it and shoved it into the pill bottle and just held on to it for a little while because I didn't know if I was gonna do it again. Um, but I remember that night my my ex-wife called me and she could tell something was wrong, but she didn't know for years, years that I had um, tried to commit. Got to that, that point. Yeah. And, um, you know, I found some motivation again to kind of just get through the day. It was during the summer, so it was really tough for me. Like, I was at home. I wasn't doing anything. just recovering. 
And then I had to go back to school, and that was I, I actually hit some real depression during that time. Didn't get that low because I still got to be around the guys. I was around my ex-wife at the time. But, I mean, I was having to go to practice and watch my team struggle, like truly struggle. They went like 15 and 30. They, they couldn't win games, and I was supposed to come in there with my best friend Brock at the time and be the one-two punch, and it was really challenging. So I dove into my schoolwork honestly and my ex-wife kind of forced me to do that she transferred to school she came with me and it was terrible for her she hated every moment that she was at that school uh, and I apologize about that but no she was there for me during that time but she really forced me to kind of just focus on my schoolwork I became such a better student because I didn't have anything else to do um, and then I started to rehab and I finally got to start doing some baseball stuff again and I got to kind of feel like myself again but I lost a piece of myself during that like I used to be such a like almost jovial kid like I was I was still like angry at times but I was more just optimistic about things um and for that after that, I just didn't have it. And my ex-wife used to tell me that all the time. There was something that was lost during that time. And I just now feel like I finally got it back. Because I finally have found some happiness like doing what I used to do all the time anyway. Um, but honestly, what kept me moving forward was just the hope that I could play again one more time and go out the way I wanted to uh, from baseball. And really focus on who I wanted to be moving forward. Um, but honestly, that was probably my lowest point. And some, for some, it's really silly. But at the same time, like when you define yourself for 20 years as someone and then all of a sudden it's gone, like you cannot do it. It is physically impossible for you to do what you were doing and doing competitively and well. It was It was really challenging for me. And to like sit in them, like my dorm room was a bunch of my best friends that were all starting players and for them to come back after a road trip and I'm sitting there playing video games because I couldn't travel and they go, they were super happy about a weekend or whatever else, or they're ready to go out. I'm like, dude, I can't, I can't be around you. And they saw that for me for a little bit, but they didn't know either for a while, but it was really challenging. Um, and it's easier for me to talk about now because I've talked about it so much over the past two or three years, four years now, but it's for a while. I couldn't talk about it at all. It took me until I saw Dear Evan Hansen to come out with my suicide story. Like seriously, it, it took me until I saw that, that musical t to come out about my, my story. And since then I've had a, another bout of like near, near problematic, uh, but didn't get to, to that point. But, that was the worst for me. That was true rock bottom. And what saved me was a dog, a black lab named Diesel. It's a solid name. Solid names. Truly solid name. And what kept me moving forward was my ex wife and and just the the hope that I could do it one more time. And that, that took a lot from me to actually think about. Did uh I mean your friends probably didn't know that you got to that point, but was there anything, I mean, what kind of support did you get from them? You know, you talk about uh, just like the hope of playing one more time. Did, were they there for like, 
to encourage you, like, um, you know, I don't even know how how I want to say this, but like, we're no, I get was it was it as soon as like as soon as it happened and you were no longer like a starter on the team, they just kind of were like, well, he's no good to us anymore, so we're not going to talk to him. No, no, um, they were supportive. Uh, they were there in in spurts. But at the same time, I mean, people get hurt in baseball all the time. So you kind of have to have that mentality of, okay, he's out. Who's next? Yeah. Like, that's what the college and professional level, that's that's what happens. Hey, one goes, guy goes down, who's filling in? And so I had to – they had to kind of be in that mentality a little bit. You know, I had guys that they, they still were, like, trying, like, to get me involved in stuff. They really were trying to, like, hey, come out. Hey, come do this with us. Let's Let's go. Let's go. But they they couldn't grasp the whole capacity of what was happening because they couldn't see what I was seeing when I go to practice every single day and while they're warming up and hitting and pitching and stuff like that, I'm feeding the the pitching machine. I'm shagging baseballs the entire time. I can't throw. I can't. I'm literally have a sling still. But you know, I had one other guy. His name was Mikey Guglielmi. He's from New York. He's part of NYPD. Um. Now, and he had torn his rotator cuff the season before, too, so we were kind of rehabbing at the same time. And he and I actually um, worked through rehab together. Like, we are on the same throwing program. We kind of got through it at the same time. So that was really fun um, to be with him and kind of go through those those reps, like, once we finally got to start throwing again and really get back into it. But, you know, it was still challenging for, for me with them just because I couldn't be who I was when they met me and I couldn't be the guy that could be around them either. And, but there was still support. It just wasn't They, I don't think even at 20, 21 years old, you don't know like how to fully be there for someone truly, honestly, especially in that setting. It's really challenging. So, yeah. You're struggling. No, I'm not. I just I, I'm trying to sneeze, but I it, I won't sneeze. It's one of those like it keeps coming to the tip of my nose and Bless disappearing. You. I hate when people do that. Bless you. I'm like in the throes of sneezing, and so oh, bless, bless you. you, and it goes. I'm like, God, uh, fucking damn it. <laughs> Love that. No, it's just it's just uh my allergies, man. With the whole up and down of the weather. Oh, it's like, been miserable, miserable. Yeah. I have had been. I have been sniffling. All the time, and I'm like, "Am I getting sick? Am I not? Am I getting sick? I better not get sick before Friday. I'm gonna, I'm gonna really be mad." But I, I, it's just allergies, and I can load myself full of Allegra. Feel yeah. great. Uh, man, I, you know, I hear stories like that, and uh, just and it's a pretty cliche thing to say, regardless of how honest or true it is. But like, man, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. I'm just glad that the dog I mean first off animals know oh you for know sure. like when you're uh sick or something and your dog just won't leave you because they know that you know they they know something's wrong it's uh dogs know but I mean and that's pretty serendipitous of that dog to just burst in at the exact right moment I thought he broke the door frame honestly but he had just somehow hit the door handle just enough to like t- to spin it and it came through the door it is crazy. Like, and Goose is kind of the same way. Goose, whenever I'm sick, he is like all up in my grill. 
and I miss that dog right now because he's at training right now. I'm yeah. getting updates on him every day, and I'm like, oh, he looks so good. He looks so he's growing so much. I miss my buddy, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> bye, buddy. Oh, hope you find your dad. I'm your dad. Bye, bye. <laughs> but no, it 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 truly is pretty incredible that um when I think back on it, just how lucky I was that for whatever reason he decided just to come through the door. I, you know, sometimes it, it, sometimes the reason is just because, you know, there's no actual, this is why it's just because, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. It's crazy. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of where I was at. Um, you know, those guys, a couple of them I still keep in touch with and we've talked a little bit about it and they go, dude, we had no idea. I was like, exactly. Yeah. That's 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 the whole thing we talk about on the show is talking about the issue that we had. You know, it it's it took me years to come out and talk about that. And my goal when I talk about my story now is just to make feel people feel comfortable like when they're in that moment to come talk to me about it. Because yeah. it it truly was it took me years of burying it to, to finally talk about it and that's where we talk about find your person find your peace keep moving forward like part of that piece is coming to terms with what happened and and being able to at least voice it and put words to it and to the pain to the the heartache to the overall just grief of whatever happened and then to try and find a way to keep going and i, I battle that Every day, like some days I'm like, I can't, I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know why I'm here and just, but I'm here and I'm going to find a way to find happiness today and I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. But so that's me. So now to you. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure I talked about this at least once on the show. Uh, it might've been the very first one, but uh, my girlfriend at the time broke up with me the same day that the Mavs won the championship. Oof. So this is all the way back. Yeah, it was a very bittersweet day for me. Um, this was back in like 2011, like June 12th, 2011, something like that. I know the date. That's like mm-hmm. because that big thing happened in Texas sports. Um, and before that, I was already like mentally not all there. So note to self, no Mavs game. <laughs> Uh, um, I, I just wasn't like as stable as I, like, I mean, you know, I, I can yell at or get into that altercation with that customer, but then I can turn around and just like give the other people like down the bar a great time, you know? Uh, I, I used to not like one thing would like, I'd be in the best mood ever. And then I trip over a shoelace on the way to class and my day would be ruined. So I, mentally, I was already not very strong, uh, almost capable. Like, I, like emotionally and mentally, I wasn't capable to be like an actual human being. Um, and it, she broke up with me because of that, and I went off the fucking rails. Just, I, I mean, I would drive blackout hammered ass drunk 
every single night. Uh, I I started getting like it, it, my sleep problems are like amplified in in this time. Uh, I was getting two hours of sleep a night, if that. I mean, there were like day, like four days in a row I'd go without sleep, but I'd be so mentally manic that I I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. I wouldn't feel it or, or I wouldn't be aware of it. Uh, and I would just I would fuck anything that walked. Like I mean, it was just I was drowning myself in booze and loose women and just nights of debauchery. And the thing about it, the shitty thing about it, is that uh, I had the means to do that. I was working at the Fuzzy's Taco Shop in South Lake, and I was this. Let's see, two thousand eleven, twelve years ago, I was twenty. I was twenty four. Uh. I was 24, just this, you know, spunky, energetic, charming dude in South Lake, where at the height of Fuzzy's popularity, so from from noon to about two, there was just a line out the door. And it's I mean, the caliber of the women that live in South Lake is fucking ridiculous. And oh yeah. And you couple that with someone who like is shameless and also just like in this like full on manic episode that just straight up doesn't end like like it was it was it was constant mania it didn't matter if they had a ring on their finger you know and sometimes i'd like give them a wink or whatever and then they'd come back to the to get like another drink or something and their ring would be off and it was just like and i would just like i had it down to a science man like i i i learned how to be the worst possible possible version of me I would be like, uh, you know, they pay with a credit card. All right, all right here's uh, here, the the bottom one is for you. The top one is for us. If you could sign that, and then here's a blank piece of paper for your number. Ninety seven percent of the time, it, it was really? like, oh yeah, it, it was just it was that that ill conceived confidence that I had, um, because I really in the back of my brain I thought that it nothing mattered. You know, like what? What do I have to lose? Nothing matters because I'm already brokenhearted. Um, I, you know, more often than not, like I'd go to fucking bar and then drive out to South Lake and sleep in my back seat. Like from, I would open so I'd get like close the bar down, leave around two thirty, drive out to South Lake, wake up at six thirty to or or six to open the store at seven, and then I wouldn't get off till you know three or four. And then I just go out and party and do it all again. It was like the definition of insanity. It was like the same thing, but hoping things would get better. Mm-hmm. And at the time I was seeing this, and it's all leading up, man. It's, it's just, this is the backstory to the absolute lowest. Um, nice. Uh, it, um, at the time I was seeing this doctor. Was, uh, his name is Dr. O'Malley. And I just, I mean, the dude saved my life but i would go in weekly and just you know tell him what he wanted to hear i'm sad but i'm fine i'm working on it i'm doing this which i wasn't i'm doing that which i wasn't like i made it sound like i was actually trying and then on december 19th of that i mean this was let's see june to december so it was about six months and a week exactly um, isn't that weird that you just like 
remember shit like that. It was six months and seven days of complete insanity. And I remember sitting uh, in front of his office and I was looking up the lyrics to Blink-182's Here's Your Letter. Mm -hmm. And I already knew the words. I don't know why I was looking it up. And I was early to disappointment. And I thought, and I, I had this voice in my brain that says, what, that said, why are you here? You don't need this. You're fine. Go grab a couple of drinks. Go, you know, go out to South Lake, find one of those bars and just sleep in your car like you always do. But then there was that, that softer voice that said, it, I mean, it was the first time I, I heard that voice. It was, uh, it, it was this loud, maniacal, like joker in my brain saying, don't do this, go get fucked up. And then there's this very soft, calming voice that I heard that said, if you do not go in right now, you will regret it. If you do not go into this office today, this is it. And there's a shift, man. And I like, for the first time, I didn't have this mania. I was like, I, I, for the first time, I just, I was tired. And there's a complete and total shift. So I walk into his office and I just face plant on this pleather couch. And I go, <sighs> and he goes, I have a feeling there's something you want to tell me. And it was like the most dramatic previously on Lost because I like, I spilled the, the entirety of half a year in about 15 minutes. And it was like, my mouth was machine gun. He was drinking from a waterfall and it was just like, it was nonstop. And after about 15 minutes, like he folded up his, his paper. He folded up this folder. He, he crossed his legs and he goes, Robbie, I need you to go home, pack a bag. And when your parents tell you to get in the car, you get in the car. That was it. That's all he told me. And I got out to the car and that voice, that, that, that jester was just like, fuck that. Go get drunk. Go pick some random like bar hoe up. And like, and then again, that very soft voice that like, it, it was like, Robbie, if you do not go home, you will die. Cause I, it was the slowest I think I it was for me it was the slowest anyone's ever circled the drain because I mean it's half a year of drinking myself into the ground so I listened to that voice again and I drove home and I packed a bag about like three days worth of clothes and then I just sat I just sat on my bed and I was just there and uh I'm sorry. I can oh. just I can see all this in my brain. And I'll never forget the look on my dad's face when he comes back to my room and he goes, Hey Rob, are you ready? Uh so yeah. And the they drove me to the mental hospital. They checked me in. I, you know, it was like, you know, it wasn't against my will. I had to sit there and say, like, this, like, I'm doing this for me. Hang on.
<sighs> For the listener at home, Dylan just gave me a big ass bear hug. Uh, so yeah, I get checked in. Yeah, that was December 19th of 2011. And for 11 days, for for 11 days, I was in this nondescript, fluorescent lit, white interior. Uh, and just... My dad's favorite holiday is Christmas. And if it, if it were up to him, he'd have the Christmas decorations up uh, all year long. I could see that from him, for sure. Yeah, right. Right. He is kind of like a Papa Christmas kind of look. Oh, yeah. He, he loves it. Um, uh, and they came to see me. They came to see me every day for visitation, like an hour, an hour every afternoon. And they came to see me on Christmas, and they were just broken. The family's not together, yeah. you know? My dad was especially, like... You know, my parents are both my, my number one fan, but my dad has always, like, just encouraged me to do whatever. Like, I wanted to go to uh, L.A. right out of high school, and we got into this fight about me going to college, and... One morning I woke up and I was eating my cereal and he slapped a stack of papers down on the, on the table and he goes, these are schools with really, really great th- theater programs. You're going to college. What parent does that? You know, it wasn't, you know, do business and do, you know, acting as a hobby. Like, he just encouraged that when I wanted to play the drums, both he and mom were just like, all right, let's go. Like, they've encouraged me through everything. And I, I, sitting there on Christmas, my dad was like, an entirely different human being, you know, like, like as, as sad as I was, it was like a fraction of how broken he was. And my mom told me later, she was like, cause we, we started talking about my time in the hospital and my mom, a couple months later, she, she said, it was the first Christmas that I've been with your dad, that the tree wasn't lit up. We weren't playing music. And we both just sat on the couch and cried. So, you know, you feel like you hear all that shit and then you're stuck in that place. Yeah. And you're heartbroken. And so 11 11 days go by. It's December 30th. And I get out. And uh, my mom burned me a CD of like all these songs that she knows I love because I couldn't listen to music for over a week. It drove me fucking crazy. And the next day, you know, was New Year's Eve, and then on January first, two thousand twelve, I basic I had to learn how to like be a human being again. I got so used in that six months to just being this vile, despicable, lecherous human being that like. Humor was no longer making a joke. It was making a joke at someone else's expense. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn how to be funny again. I had to learn 
And then I got diagnosed as bipolar, which we none of us in my family thought was accurate, but at least it was something. Like it was a starting point. Um so I always thought of the hospital as a curse. And for a few years when I talked about it, it would be this fucking thing. And then somewhere along the way, it was a natural shift. Like I didn't choose to do it, but it just started, it became more and more aware that it was a blessing. Cause I like no joke. Like if the dog hadn't broken, hadn't come into the restroom, you, you would have been dead. If my dog, if my counselor hadn't told me to go pack a bag, if I hadn't listened to that one little voice, I would be dead. I would have, I would have been in the ground for 12 years. Like, and it's beyond the shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Uh, and my mom, when we were talking about it a couple months later, she goes, do you know what, do you know what Dr. O'Malley said when he called us? He said, our boy needs help. And, uh, so like my lowest, lowest, lowest point was sitting outside of his office it wasn't even going to the hospital. It was it was that moment before I walked into his office when I was looking up the lyrics to that song and I had that inner like that in that that inner civil war between the loud voice and the calm voice. And if if that if that teeny tiny little nurturing voice hadn't said you have to go in, I would not have gotten started on the upswing. So my absolute lowest was moments before I walked into his office. And from there with the, like getting diagnosed and getting meds and getting a doctor and just getting away, like you can't do anything in those hospitals. You cannot, like going to the bar wasn't an option. Like a one night stand wasn't an option. Music isn't an option. A movie isn't an option. Like you, there is nothing. And you're walking around and like your fucking shoes with no laces. And you know, I couldn't shave. It looked like a caterpillar was like, like growing on my lip. And about that like that, (laughs) you can pull it off. I just can't grow facial hair to save my life. Um, but the worst, the worst moment of my life, like my absolute. lowest moment was the minutes before walking into his office and the motivation to go on was that was the hospital and now the more and more that i i mean we wouldn't be doing this show if i was ashamed to talk about it and i was never i've always been candid about it i've never been ashamed to talk about it but for a while it was a curse and then there was that natural shift into blessing and now it's just like Dr. O'Malley, my mom and dad, and the hospital saved my life. So now it's something I talk I talk about it with pride. Like, yeah, I was in a mental hospital. And people give you that side eye and it's like, dude, are you happy that I'm on this planet or not? Because like if you judge me for that, then you like the last 12 years just wouldn't have happened. Right. Um so to to go on and I guess to sum it up, uh, it was, you know, everyone has 
every valley has you know that that absolute lowest point before it starts to rise again and maybe the rise is very 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 slow mm-hmm. the lowest point you had was crushing that shit up and saying this is it lowest point i had was if you don't go in now you'll regret it yeah and it, it, it i'm sorry go ahead no 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 it, it's 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 hard for me to kind of sit here and kind of analyze everything because like you know i i uh I think on my last five, six months of my life, they've been really, really hard for me, honestly. And, you know, you, you, you brought up how your parents and your therapist were the people that saved you during that time. And five months ago, my mother saved me. Again, it wasn't as low. I wasn't there yet. But my mom saved me from getting to that point. My mom blew up my phone until the moment she could get here. Um, after I got cheated on, I you know, I was being kind of drugged through the mud through it for a couple weeks. And when I said I'm moving, she was here for a whole week. She stayed with me. She did stuff. And she still does to this day. But when I came out to my parents about my suicide story, you know, she um, you talked about like your dad and your mom being a completely different person than you're used to. It was the same for them. And the way I told them was when I got my first tattoo. Uh, I I had to explain what was going on with it and had a semicolon. And I explained that, and I mean, I was an absolute I was an absolute mess. But you know, like I'm I'm analyzing this whole scenario, and you're talking about your stuff, and like. For me, like I, I've talked about my story so much. Sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm numb to it. Sometimes now, because like I, I kind of blasted through mine, and then I watch you tell yours again, and I'm like, why didn't I feel that? But at the same time, it's, it's, it's where we're at as humans as well. Um, I'm glad you're here, Robbie. Thank you. I'm glad you're here. And you know, thank you. First off, I'm glad you're here too. Um, it's all like for whatever reason, people still think that once you're on the upswing, it's just an upswing. Mm. But there are so many plateaus in there where like, it's, to me, it's never, and maybe you view it differently. To me, it's never, I, I, I never fall back into a valley. It's always a plateau, a flat line, because I know that I will never feel as bad as I felt that day. There's nothing in my life going on that will ever make me feel as angsty and emo as it sounds that will make me feel the agony that was burning me up inside that that day. So I can have my moods. I can be depressed. I can be sad. But it's, it's comforting to know that A, it's not permanent because after a while, you learn who you are as a human being. Right. And I'm not that guy. I'm a happy guy. I'm a fun guy. I, I enjoy life. But some days, some days I still am just like, why the fuck am I here? Um, 
We but, said it last week. It's okay to not be okay. Yeah. It's um, okay not to be that. It's it's normal to not be okay sometimes. Like yeah. no one is a hundred percent, you know, twenty four seven three sixty five. No right. one is. Uh, but I don't. Regardless of how bad those days are, remembering, and sometimes I have to force myself to remember what it felt like sitting in that car, knowing that it was legitimately life or death. Which is not, you know, you think life or death, you think about this big ass scenario where like you could get stabbed with a sword or you could stab somebody. Like, you know, like you think of this big impactful moment. Someone get his sword. <laughs> oh, I couldn't, I could not. Sorry. Um, no, it's all, I don't care. Um, but sometimes life or death is just that one conversation with yourself. Yeah. Like that moment as as loud as the music was in my car, that moment, that one breaking moment was life or death. And if I didn't listen to the right voice, it would have been death. So knowing that, that, and you know, what what Van Wilder was like, don't take life too seriously. You won't, you're not getting out alive or whatever. Uh, Man, I get bummed out. I get sad. I get depressed, but I know that it's never going to be that bad again. So when I had my lowest moment, like I, that is my absolute lowest moment as a human being. I think once you hit that lowest moment and you get through it, you almost like train yourself to never allow yourself to get you there again. Like I was really, really low back, back in November. Like it was, it was bad. Like I was bad, bad. December was not even any better. Um, I mean, I kind of did the same thing, and I did it for for a while, like December, January, February, kind of just ran through the muck of it, just like whoever was in front of me, like whatever, drank every day, like whatever. But on the days that I feel the worst, I almost tell myself, like, you're not there, you're not there, and you're not gonna let yourself get there. You're gonna you're gonna take the time to step back, because. I, I remember where I was at mentally in that moment. And I remember exactly how I felt. So when I ever like kind of tickle it, I'm like, nope, nope, stop. Even when I got cheated on and I was going through all those emotions, I literally remember I had a big ass panic attack. But the way I got kind of out of it was I'm not there yet. Don't let, don't go any farther. Stop. Yeah. And, you know, I, we, we talked about a little bit about, like, internalizing it and bringing it in and, like, holding it in. That was the only way that I could stop myself from getting there. But when I internalized it, the next day I let it seethe. I let it come. I let it back out in, in spurts. I didn't let it all out again like a nuclear warhead. I let it seethe. And I think... For for some of us, it's it's one of those things that you you learn over time. But that rock bottom, there's better days to come. Because I have had ever since that day, I have had more joy than I've had bad. I've had more good than I've had awful. Um, you know, I've I finally feel like I'm on the upswing away from from all of my like kind of last problematic stuff 
had something happen this week and I you and I talked about it. I was like, I have laughed and I am like, now it's like I'm I'm fully done with this and I can move forward. It's like this point is okay. Yep. But as soon as you dip your toe in that particular pool, you're diving in head first and right. there's and you will drown. So you like you're absolutely correct. There are times when like I you know you have to sit there and just be like, this is fine. This is allowed. This is encouraged probably because when you come like any time I hit a moment like that, I come back out happier. Right. You know. Uh, but it, it's this is okay. Once you allow yourself to inch closer to that. The edge of the, the lake. That, that lowest point is when you're in trouble. You can, you know, we talk about as men, like, and this is really terrible, but like you were someone, you can, you can view the menu, but you can never, t- you can never order from it. Right. Yeah. You can, the same concept of like the lowest point of your life is the water. You just said either dip your toe and you're diving right in. You don't dip your toe, you dive right in. You can, you can get to the water's edge and the water's edge is your point. After a while, you go, I'm here. I know I'm here. I'm not going to make that decision again to go into the water. I love, to keep up with this analogy, I love staring out into the water and regardless of how bad I feel or how sad I am or how depressed I am, I like staring out into it and being grateful that I'm not drowning. Right. You know what I mean? Like treading water. Yeah. Yeah. I can look out and I'll be like, I'm so thankful. I'm, I'm up, I'm up here and I'm dry. You know, when I go like the ocean is probably one of my favorite places to go just because my grandfather, my, my late grandfather, John, who passed away, you know, he taught me the meaning of deep sea fishing and, and just enjoying life. He was such a jovial person. Like he's a big old guy he had a big old laugh, loved to cook, great fisherman, so every single time I go, I, I've been with multiple people. I remember every single time I get there, we'll we'll unpack or we'll get to the place, and I'm like, let's get to the water. And the moment I get there, because the ocean is a scary thing. Like if you can think about this vast ocean in front of you and all the things in front of it, but the moment I get there, I run to the water's edge, right where the the break is, and I can dig my feet in the sand, and I sit there and I stare by myself because that finally I can say I'm here, I'm here and I can breathe. I'm not going any farther, but I'm here. Right. And that is, I think, you know, when we talk about find your person, find your peace, that's my peace. That or my ranch, honest to God. Like when I get to my ranch, it's kind of, even though we work a lot at it, it is so peaceful. And we all have that moment. And I think that should be a topic of what is our peace? for I think the next episode or, or whatever Whenever. we do. But I think for a lot of us kind of coming to terms with what our lowest point is, you don't have to talk about it, but understanding where you're at and understanding this is my water's edge. I will never, ever cross this moment I again. I will not allow myself to drown. I will not allow myself to dive headfirst again. Because I can, I can creep to it. I can have those bad days. I can, I can go a little bit close, but I'm never going to get back in it. 
because the moment I do that, I already know what happens yeah. next. And I think that, unfortunately, that comes with experience. But Unfortunately, but fortunately. And for the ones of us that have, have gone through that, I think for it's our obligation almost to to talk people to say like, Hey, I don't, I, I don't want to say you're not there yet, but let's not get there. Right. Let's not get there. Let's, let's, let's walk back out a little bit. I think it, in, in some ways, um, it's really awesome. It's really, really cool to be able to pinpoint your lowest moment. My lowest moment came, I'm 36, I was 24, it came two-thirds of the way through my life. And the last 12 years have been this outrageous, just journey of really, I mean, like, you know, clear-headed enough to, like, learn and figure out who I am. And, you know, both of us are the same way, is that we've been there, it sucks, and regardless of how we feel now, we're going to do our best to make sure other people don't feel that. Like I, 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 like, I could be having one of the worst days of my life and I see somebody else like in that area and I'll do anything I can to make them laugh, even though on the inside I'm just like, fuck, I'm so sad. But you, you, it's a, almost like an obligation to, to people it's it's an obligation to to humans to not let them experience it the way that you experienced it because everyone's gonna have that lowest moment. Yeah. But I the only help I had was my doctor saying, "Go pack a bag and get in the car when your parents tell you." I didn't have my friends. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have like help. Help. Yeah. So. to use the word again, it's an obligation for those of us who have been there who can sit there and say, December 11th, 2011, uh, no, I'm sorry, December 19th, 2011, at like 625 was the lowest I've ever been. July 1 for me. And it's... 2014. You can't... It would be incredibly selfish to go through that and not at least try to make sure other people don't get to that point. Yeah. You know, for me, it's almost, it's almost, it's almost therapy for me. When I start seeing that, even when I'm at a really low point, like at my time, when someone will approach me about that, I'm like, yes, I am helping you. And then when you start talking about it, then I can, then I can talk a little bit, just a little bit about mm-hmm. me. Cause I want to be able to say like, have some, some, some relevance to the scenario. It allows me to bring back and feel a little bit, and it'll take me out of that moment. And you know, I I it's selfish of me, honestly, because help you help me, Jerry Maguire. Like, but it 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 truly is one of those things. And we as humans need to help each other through it. We as men especially have to help each other because you know I had a scenario the other day where I got in my car and he was like, "Dude, I haven't I don't know you from Adam, but I, I feel like I need to talk to you about this." And I was like, shoot, safe place. We got 30 minutes in a drive. Let's go. And he slayed it out. And, you know, I just told him at the end of the day, I said, you know, I'm, I'm thankful you told me. I'm proud of you for telling me. So what's your first step? I'm not going to give you your first step. Your first step is your choice. I can't give you that. But 
you know, Robbie, I want to say thank you for being open tonight. I feel like we, we, we talk about a lot with this, but we also have to be honest with ourselves during this. And I think tonight for everybody that listened, like we were more vulnerable than we've a little more vulnerable than we've been a little bit on this. Cause we talk about helping others, helping others, helping others. Well, like for us, this is also for us. So thank you for being vulnerable tonight. And thank you for, for opening up to myself and everybody here, because I think that's what will initially help it, some people. I want to thank you for the same thing. And, um, just, you know, I'll never not talk about it. No, I used to like, you know, wear it as a curse and now it's a badge of honor because I, I'm, I'm here. Yeah. I'm here. I'm the happiest I've ever been. I can make people laugh without hurting somebody else. And honestly, it, it, it that is 12 years in the making, like yeah. really figuring out how to be the truest me after what is it? Like reputations take a lifetime to build and one second to destroy. It took six months to really destroy myself as a human being. And, and you know, we're all works in progress, but it took six months to destroy myself. And it's taken 12 years to like really begin to be the Robbie that I'm supposed to be, you know? So I'll, t- I'll talk about it. I don't give a shit. And I was like, oh, you were in a mental hospital. It's like, yeah, I was. What do you want to know about it? I like, mean, you're making fun of me. Clearly, you have something going on. Right. Like, what do you want to talk about? I don't give a shit. Honest, some of the best food I ever had was in that mental hospital. <laughs> Love that. You know, I, I, I think about that. And, you know, we talked about this last week. This, like, this is the first time I've finally been able to be 100% me again with no recourse. And it took you 12 years. It took me about four or five, a divorce, a cheat on. And, and finally just saying, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to be me. I'm busy all the damn time, but I'm happy. I am happy. I might have bad days and I do have bad days more, more often than I would probably enjoy. But for the most part, my emotional state is I'm happy. I'm playing music and I'm enjoying doing that. I'm thrilled about that. I'm taking care of people. I get to do baseball lessons. I get to joke around with that. I get to sweat more doing that because I have an outlet physically to do that. And so, you know, it, 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 it takes time. It, it's, it, there's no timeline on when you're going to feel good again. And when you finally feel good again, remember the bad too, because that's where you become the best version of yourself because when you're good, it's that high of the val- it's the high of the mountain again. But there's a valley. There's a valley eventually coming. Always a valley. But if you can before you get to that lowest point of that valley, can pull yourself onto that plateau and just go, I see you. I'm not going down to you. No, no, you're good. I, w- I will not stoop to your level. I will not go there. Um May you I think you can I think you can see it like at work when I am taking care of people and helping people. I think you can just like, I feel like it's easy to tell that I'm just genuinely happy. Oh yeah. It's very easy to tell. Um, You're like me. You wear your emotions on your sleeve. And there are sometimes I get annoyed and I just like, fuck it. I don't want to like deal with this particular person anymore or whatever, but it doesn't change the fact that I still get to help 99% of the people that walk through that door. Right. So it's, um, 
We went longer than 20 minutes. I know. I'm glad we did. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, it's, you know, the, I guess put a little bow on it. Um, and to say it again, it's just no being able to acknowledge your absolute lowest moment, like your real and true lowest moment is probably one of the coolest things ever. Oh. I think anyway, because like, I can sit there and say, you know, 625 on December 19th, 2011, but f- like five minutes before I walked into the doctor's office, I was like inches away from tearing myself apart. July 1st, 2014, 9.30. <laughs> yeah, about that time. I didn't, I didn't have my phone with me at that time. But, but. I think it's, I think it's cool to be able to say that because then it becomes almost a superpower where you can help so many more people. Yeah, there you go. I'm Men Will Be Men Man. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, for everybody that's listening, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll uh, we'll be back next week. Um, If you don't remember, we do have an email address. mwbm.mentalhealth at gmail.com. For anybody that wants to reach out, please do we we want to be able to have those conversations we're if if i could tell you about robbie is probably one of the few men in this world that will genuinely ask you are you okay and if not i'm here to listen and it it's what kind of brought me out of a hole that i was in in and then we started this and for a lot of people that even don't go to therapy i mean i still go but this is therapy for me same and um, I'm very thankful for you, Robbie, and thank you for tonight. Thank you, man. Um, so until next time, please find your person, find your peace, and keep moving forward. And f- fear doesn't belong. I'm Dylan. I'm Robbie. This has been what we've been. Oh, hey, before we do that, oh. where you can email us or where can they find you? You can find me on... TikTok at Dylan Gadbury Zero or Instagram dgadbury12 or Facebook Dylan Gadbury. You can find me on that, please, at any point in time. All my stuff is public. Reach out to me. You can find my music on there if you want me to play music. If you if you have a music like song that you're wanting to hear, reach out to me. I'll do that for you. I'd be more than happy to. Uh, Robbie Clark on Facebook and I am Robbie Clark on uh, Instagram. And public... If someone pops up in my inbox and is just like, I need help, okay. And if you want to listen to uh, two people really geek out over uh, ah. some really good mu- uh, some good movies, uh, you can also find Robbie on Twitch uh, for uh, Geek Accident, one of the funniest shows I've watched when watching a movie. <laughs> I tried to call him last week during it, and he was like, I can't answer this. I was like, ah, dang it, I wanted you to. <laughs> but again, find your person, find your peace keep moving forward this has been what we've been thank you we'll talk to you next week see you next week